Over the last few years, a new word has begun to circulate in our popular culture and popular lexicon, and that word is influencer. You know, back in the day, that might have been a description of anybody who exercises influence. It's not a complicated word. We know what it means. But these days, it means something a bit more specific. Hey, everyone. Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. Well, as social media has increasingly occupied a bigger and bigger space in so many of our lives, successful so-called content creators on platforms like Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and others have had growing opportunities to monetize their success. And that comes as advertisers have realized how important these voices are in their ability to influence, hence the name, their following. And given the technological link here, it's not surprising that young people growing up in a digital world today are often more in touch with these influencers than parents probably are in most cases. So today we're going to talk with a real live former influencer who now works at Focus on the Family. Good morning, Andrew. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Adam. And I think you're going to want to hear what Andrew has to say especially as becoming an influencer has increasingly become a career dream of choice for so many young people today. And in our second segment today, well, if you were thinking, I need another dose of CGI dinosaurs biting people in half, man, this is your podcast. Our very own Kennedy Unthink is going to talk about Jurassic World Dominion and whether or not this is likely to be the last Jurassic World movie. Uh, We can save that conversation for just a little bit later. And before we jump in, I'd also encourage you to follow The Plugged In Show wherever you get your podcast. Leave a comment, leave a review, leave a like. We would love to hear what you're thinking about our conversations this week. And speaking of conversations, I'm joined by Jonathan McKee, Kennedy Unthank, and our guest, Andrew Armstrong, who I introduced a minute ago. And we're going to be talking about his experience as a YouTube influencer. Thanks for joining us today, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we always like to start with kind of a fun question to get our vocal cords warmed up. And I probably need a little bit more warming. So just bear with me. If you were going to start a YouTube or TikTok channel today, showcasing your unique interests, talents, and abilities what would you focus on and why? Jonathan, I'm going to pick on you first. Oh, man. I would do something I truly love and not care about followers. So I would talk about various trees, bushes, and plants that I love in my backyard. And I would talk about, here's how to plant a brand new hibiscus, you know. But make sure that if it freezes at night that you cover it, you know. I would just, you know, that, that, well, I that's love what that. I would do, for sure. You know, the only yeah, plants in my backyard are self-fertilizing which is to say they're weeds. So. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah, no, that's, that's what I would do, definitely. Kennedy, what would you bring to the masses? Yeah, so I know that uh, a lot of them are, there's a lot of them out there, but I would really love to start a YouTube channel about board games. Oh, yeah? yeah. I, I mean, I don't think that's very much of a surprise to anyone who's been around me too long, but I collect board games, and I've got a ton of them, and yeah, so I'd do something like that. All right. Well, Andrew, we're going to hear more about your experience of actually doing this. But if you were going to do it again today, would you do anything new and exciting and different or replicate what you've done in the past? Uh, Definitely not replicate what I did. Uh, (laughs) I'm actually going along Jonathan's lines. I did a video last night for fun of me and my daughters in our garden. 
nice talking about what we had planted and how it's growing and it it was not only is it a rewarding process but that i did a video and edited it and really enjoyed that process making that with my girls and have no interest in posting it online it was just i really loved doing this and i wanted them to see it nice that's good enough and that was really motivating all right that's awesome well i am somebody who i usually have like one passion at a time and over time they shift so i would love to do one that combined everything i've ever been interested in so we would have videos about mountain biking we would have videos about photography we would have videos about motorcycling and guitar pedals and comic books and it would all mash up together in a a harmonious (laughs) whole that perhaps seven or eight people would find interesting so um, that's awesome Thanks for those little insights into who you are and what you guys might talk about. And as I mentioned in our intro, today we're going to be talking with Andrew and hearing about his experience as someone who had an enormous success as a YouTuber. And to set up that conversation, Kennedy and Jonathan, I know this is a topic you guys have both thought a lot about as well. Kennedy, you recently wrote a blog about how kids are interacting with YouTube today. And What does the recent research say about how kids today are interacting with YouTube in particular? Yeah, so I mean, it's really interesting because if you look at YouTube, it's been around for a lot longer than I think a lot of people realize. I mean, when it first came out, I was seven. Was that 2004 or five? It it was 2005. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, that ages me a little bit in terms of, well, de-ages me compared to everyone else, (laughs) but... uh, uh, but yeah, since then, YouTube has grown really influential. It's the second most visited website, and that beats out Netflix at 16th. Okay, and so it, that gives us a sense of scale, doesn't it? Yeah, it only loses to Google itself. Um, it says that we found that nearly one-third of children, uh, they want to become a YouTube star when they grow up. Okay. Uh, you have as Hence w- our conversation today. Don't do it. All right, we'll get to you in a minute. Oh, then, Amen. Uh, Thank you, Andrew. Uh, one last statistic says that nearly one in four teenagers uh, said they use YouTube more than any other social media website. Okay. That's pretty interesting because I think when we think social media, we often think Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, some of the big ones. But but YouTube really is you know categorized as social media. And mm-hmm. man, my kids... They love YouTube, and we could have a podcast on that. Jonathan? Yeah, well, and another thing to consider right now, too, I was just actually uh, listening to a podcast from a Forbes author who's a tech guy, and he was just talking about uh, how much kids love streaming. And, you know, some of us, you know, as adults, we immediately think when it comes to streaming, we might think, you know, oh, streaming Netflix, streaming Amazon Prime, streaming Disney Plus, whatever, you know, but... He was talking about the difference between those streaming TV shows and movies compared to these short videos. And when it comes to streaming short videos like YouTube, TikTok, all these platforms that offer the short videos and the platforms that don't are trying to get there because they all want to be there because kids spend literally three times as much time streaming the shorter videos than they do the longer videos. And so right now everybody wants to be the shorter video. And you add that to the fact that like Kennedy said, you know, one in three kids, little tiny kids want to be a YouTube star. As I was researching this for my book last year, um, I saw reports of 76%, 86% of teens and tweens that want to be influencers. And most of my friends that are teachers and schools hanging out with kids all the time, they say, 
absolutely eight out of 10 young people want to be an influencer in some way. And of course, YouTube is the channel of choice. So this is huge for young people today. They love watching it. They want to be part of it. And that brings up the pressure of likes and followers. And that's where my concern lies. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great setup for um, just hearing about Andrew's experience as a YouTube influencer. So I just want to kick it over to you and and ask you, tell us a little bit about your story on YouTube, what you did, the success you found, and kind of what that journey was like for you, Andrew. Yeah. Well, I didn't set out to be a YouTuber at all. I was an elementary school teacher. I have my degree and professionally trained in that. But one day they gave us a camera, said, hey, record some end of the year stuff. I took it to our tabletop game. So tabletop board games, that was my main area. Okay. Yeah. Uh, particularly role-playing games. And I recorded our group on this new camera because I was curious about that. I wanted people to understand, hey, this is something I really like. And there seems to be a misconception when I talk to people. I want to have a video okay. hosted online somewhere. A misconception just about what role-playing games are? Absolutely. Okay. And I wanted to just have it on YouTube because... That's a free hosting site, and right. then I can share this with other people when it comes up in conversation. This is what it's actually like. Okay. It's fun, it's goofy, it's silly. And when are we talking about time-wise here? Yeah, this was about 2012, 12. 2012, okay. yeah, where it, YouTube had been out for a while, Yep. but it was still pretty small, but I'll get there. Uh, I put that up in there, and suddenly I saw a comment asking a question. I didn't expect that, so I answered... <laughs> Uh, but it was neat because I could answer a question. That was the whole point. I wanted my putting things online to be able to answer people's questions uh, about this uh, when it came up. And then another comment and then another thing. And then, oh, well, I have 30 comments. Let's just make a video answering the comments. That's a lot easier than answering, you know. Yeah. And then I'll, that'll save me answering for future things. So one thing leads to another. And I'm putting out, I'm learning video editing. I have no video editing skills at this point and putting out videos on YouTube. And it was just a purely side thing on this hobby that I was passionate about. And when we got our first hundred dollars in ad revenue, which is the threshold, we got extra pizzas for our, our, our gaming group <laughs> and it felt pretty cool, but it was still it, my hobbies now paying for pizza. Yeah. <laughs> and that seemed good enough. Like, yeah. wow, this is just a really neat thing. And so obviously you didn't set out to, find a career path or money nope. or any of that. It wasn't even like a consideration that this was a thing for money. I'm a teacher. Right. But as time went on uh, and I'm teaching full time, this became more and more a, a passion and a potentially viable way of maybe making a living. The hundred dollars became more than that, more subscribers, more viewers. Uh, and I, I capped out at a hundred and, 70,000 subscribers wow. and 41 million video views. And wow, that's amazing. Uh, inv invitations to conventions and swag from all these companies and full time. My whole living was based around not just YouTube. We'll get to that, okay. but uh, around being online, influencing people and teaching people, entertaining people in this uh, hobby. Wow. So did that growth come quickly? Was it just kind of steady? Was there a big jump upward at some point? I'll, I'll have to set the context that when I was doing this was 2013, 14, 15, 16. 
it's a different world right. uh, and it's much much harder because uh, there's more people creating content right so, uh, the I'm assuming that is oh, that the reason I, I more people making content there was almost no one making content on YouTube in the tabletop role playing game uh, niche that I was in and those who were doing it were purely talking heads and I was a talking head with an additional graphic on the screen. <laughs> and I figured that out in, in Windows Movie Maker. That was enough. And my background in education. My uh, undergrad is in musical theater. And my postgrad is in uh, elementary education. So educating and entertaining, just that little bit of experience nudged me up. But there was no, it was a, a steady, I was paying no attention to it. I wasn't promoting it. I wasn't doing all this other stuff. And I think really when we had our, our first child and we moved from where we were at in teaching, I thought this might be the moment to try and make this work. There's a lot of interest. There's a lot of, it's not a lot of revenue compared to our full-time teaching salary, but it could get there. I, I saw that kind of potential uh, in that space. And then did you get to a point where it was your full-time income? Yeah, it it became not just YouTube. So this is important, I think, to realize that I had to do lots of different streams. Okay. I'm wearing right now a shirt, made a line of shirts. I, I learned how to write and publish manuals in this tabletop gaming sphere. I set up Patreon and I did consulting where players and game masters would pay me to help them with their games. People would pay me through Patreon to run whole campaigns with them. Uh, and books, other merchandising, promotions. So I had to learn about how do you set up a contract between yourself and a potential advertiser and how do you set your own rates? I had a terrible, phenomenally bad time knowing how to price myself. No, Hmm. that wasn't any of my experience. So it really was a whole constellation of things that were serving to promote kind of the main thing you were doing or working in tandem with each other. Yeah, it was built around the YouTube was the hub, the YouTube showed that people were interested in what I was doing and it was viable some months and in order for it to be viable. So YouTube ebbs and flows. The ad revenue is very high in the November, December uh, leading up to holiday months and it craters January, February after the ads are done uh, when they're not promoting those things anymore. So you have to, I had to account for that. The first year I tried to do this full time, I had no idea about anything. So it's not only, you know, accounting for ad revenue, it's putting out tons of content every day of the week, different varied content, all these kind of things. I had to learn all of this. It was a huge challenge and struggle in the ebbs and flows and a lot of difficulty. I wonder if part of the appeal, especially for young people, because that's kind of one of the things we want to focus on today is they see people who look pretty young. They put out a few videos and they do goofy things and then they show up in their Lamborghini. You know, it's like there's this idea, I can be famous, I can make a lot of money by doing a video or two, you know, and speak to sort of the reality of of what it takes. And you've already been talking about that, but it sounds like most kids who want to be influencers really have no idea what goes into it to make it successful. Yeah, well, there's the work uh, aspect of it, the self-promotion. And then there's also the, the market saturation. Right. So if like we take the stat, uh, one in three or you know, even 80%, I think it was mentioned earlier, 
if 80% of this community were orange growers and sellers, right. then 80%, you know, to try and market to 20% that's not that. Just you selling oranges to your friend who's selling oranges to the other friend who's selling oranges and, like, everyone's just trading their oranges <laughs> right. around. And it's hugely saturated, the idea of be, trying to become a, particularly a gaming influencer or, you know, I'm just going to turn on my stream, me playing Minecraft, me playing right. uh, Apex Legend or whatever it is. I'm just going to turn it on, play, and I'm going to be a millionaire. There are hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of other kids doing that exact same thing. There's no way you can get in, I think, at this point without having a significant difference and really standing out. And that means investing in yourself, uh, in your quality of equipment, in your presentation ability, in what makes you different than others. It's not just who, you know, because your name is different. It, it has to be added value. You have to invest in other people you know, connecting to your audience. And then you have to be there putting out content all the time. I had a schedule on YouTube, which was five days a week, a uh, different video every day. And that is mentally exhausting after a while. We want you, you have to be creative, interesting, engaging every day of the week. And as attractive as you can be. As attractive as you can be. Given the tools the Lord gave you. Absolutely. You, you can't just turn, you know, oftentimes you can't just turn things on. You have to check your sound. You have to, sometimes the recording doesn't work properly. You need proper lighting. Did you learn about that? Uh, and your background is it your bed. Is that enough? No, <laughs> right. No, it's not enough. Jonathan, you have a question? Yeah, yeah no, I, I just, I'm so curious. Tell me, Andrew, I mean, you went from at the beginning of your story, you talked about how, when you first got, you know, $100 worth of pizza and your words were, that seemed good enough. You know, it's like almost this excitement of like, wow, that was fun. I was fulfilled. Then it went to now here at the end of your story, mentally exhausting. So it moved from that seemed good enough to <laughs> mentally exhausting. And, you know, fast forward to the end of your story, you're sitting here, you have another full-time job. Now you're still dabbling in it and aside, tell me, why do you not do it full-time anymore? I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, well, it wasn't just uh, mentally exhausting in the ability to keep up with the production and the workload. It was spiritually and emotionally exhausting. In fact, I had a complete mm. breakdown mm. Uh, mm. completely to have to not only create these things and put this content out, but to engage constantly with a world on the Internet which is, as I like to describe, the wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> I've <laughs> heard that somewhere before. Yeah, <laughs> Copyright. Uh, right? To be on there all the time when your worth is tied to your clicks, mm. your likes, your comments, one negative comment wrecks your day. Other people making content are suddenly your enemies and your competitors, and if they succeed, it's at the cost of you succeeding. You have to mm. be on stage performing all the time, and you were an adult doing this. I'm an adult. Yeah. Like, well, you know, I was in I'm going to give you credit. Yeah, I'm going to give you yeah. credit. I mean, you're not 14. No. You're not trying to balance those pressures as an adolescent who's also trying to do the work of, you know, growing up and maturing. Yeah. 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 I, even as an adult, it was wrecking to my sense of self and identity hmm. and, and serenity at life uh, and just hmm. being grateful for what I had. It's nonstop. Uh, just always have to do more, always have to put this out. And if I don't, 
then I don't get paid. And that's right. in, in some ways that's fair, but it's also really a lot of pressure. Well, and even with, I'm actually on YouTube as a user a lot. And sometimes I'll find myself getting mentally frustrated. I'm like, dude, you haven't put out a video since last week. Mm -hmm. Come on. I need more content from you. One final question, Andrew, just to bring our, our conversation to a close. What would you say to parents who have a child who's interested in this? Um, and obviously you've given us some cautionary things to think about, but what else would you say to parents whose kids are, you know, looking in this direction? I would advise them to, just like I'm going to advise my children, I have degrees in uh, liberal arts, and my children will not be advised to go anywhere down the liberal <laughs> arts path. Learn a trade, learn a skill, learn something really that you can do no matter if anyone online likes you, if the power goes out, you know, all these kind of things. Your self-worth is not tied to the amount of likes and the views you want. Amen. It is enormous amount of work to reach a level of financial sustainability and it is mentally and emotionally and spiritually an exhausting and draining thing. So if you really love something, just do it. You don't have to record yourself doing everything in your life, right? Do what you love, enjoy it. Don't worry about, uh, you know, needing to get likes and views about it. Andrew, I, I just want to thank you so much for sharing this because I, I've heard so much of this from interviews and from others and you know, talking to people, but for you to come here and share that story. And I think, our, you know, as we're sitting here and as our listeners are sitting here, you know, driving down the road, listen to this, we're hearing you say words like mentally exhausting, your worth is tied to likes, a lot of pressure. And that's what most of the research shows. It's so good to hear a firsthand story from someone who's been there, done that, and who has children <laughs> and is steering them towards that and instead going out and making a fun gardening video. Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate you being honest because this is a real situation where young people are seeing, like Adam described, people in a big house doing funny videos and they think, oh, that would be fun. I could just live in a house and make a few funny videos and they don't realize the work. And more importantly, they don't realize the pressurized environment that is really just just plaguing young people's mental health and it's creating a problem and uh we've we're gonna have to put a label like a smoking label of of the dangers on this soon and i think in the next 10 years we're going to start seeing some of that because it is a huge problem so thank you for sharing about that well one more one more really important thing tied to that is you really enjoy games you will find that the enjoyment of whatever the thing you think you really love is will be rapidly sucked out the more you have to make it your job. Mm. Yeah, that's uh. a great point. That's a great point. And, you know, like with so many of the things that we talk about on the Plugged In Show, I think we could explore all sorts of other pathways off of this topic. But I hope listening to Andrew's story today has given you a better sense of what it actually means mm. to be an influencer, what it takes to be successful, and maybe what some of the hidden costs and pitfalls are that you weren't aware of as a parent and your 13 or 14 year old who decides they want to do this certainly won't be aware of. So Andrew, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. You bet. Humans and dinosaurs can't coexist. We created an ecological disaster. Well, in our second segment today, we've got dinosaurs. Kennedy, it looks like there's another Jurassic World movie out and just watching the trailer 
it seems like the dinosaurs are not just on an island. They're pretty much everywhere. Oh, man. What's going on with Jurassic World Dominion? Yeah, so the movie actually takes place four years after the last one, Fallen Kingdom. Now, if you've seen that movie, you know that everything literally explodes. And (laughs) there's a whole lot of... Except the dinosaurs. Except for the dinosaurs, of course. And from that, though, pretty much everybody in the world at this point knows that dinosaurs exist. And so there's a lot of people who are very nefarious and they want to use the dinosaurs (laughs) to their advantage. Uh, There's actually a group of mercenaries who want to sell them on the black market. Mm. All this stuff goes awry. And long story short, you have dinosaurs who are living pretty much on every single continent at this point. And And I'm guessing like not living in ways that are harmonious and peaceful not exactly it's it's <laughs> like i said it's only been about four years so people are still struggling mm. to figure out how to deal with this new thing because they don't want to just kill off this whole species again right uh, but the dinosaurs are like eating people and stuff right yeah and so they're taking all of the the more dangerous ones they're putting them in specific areas of the world where they can live by themselves that's kind of uh where like dinosaur get... time out kind of <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> that's awesome. Anyways, that's about where we pick up in this. And so okay. we have um, we have this company named Biosyn, which has essentially been given the exclusive rights to use all the dino DNA with, for their genetic processing and replicating all of that. Um, everyone else, it's considered illegal. Mm. Now, Biosyn, uh, what they want to do is they want to use the genetics to... Uh, start curing other diseases. They want to cure cancer. They want to cure uh, pretty much everything they can. However, it seems like they might not be the most upright company in the world. No. Yeah. No. Really? They're really? a bad company. And it's so crazy in a movie. <laughs> exactly. I know. Right. <laughs> so we start off with Owen and Claire, who are currently in hiding with Maisie Lockwood, who is the clone daughter of Charlotte Lockwood. So if you know who Charlotte Lockwood is, she is the daughter of Benjamin Lockwood, the co-founder of Jurassic Park with John Hammond. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And at the exact same time, we have Ellie and Alan from the original Jurassic Park. Yeah, They're off doing their own things. Alan is back doing his archaeological digs, and Ellie is actually investigating some strange happenstances that are happening around the Midwest. There are these giant locusts that are flying around eating so many crops that they're actually threatening a global plague at this point. And so she's trying to figure out what's going on when she gets a tip from Ian Malcolm, who is currently working at Biosyn. And that's Jeff Goldblum's character? Yes. Uh, So glad he's back. Yes, and so Ian tells her, hey, Biosyn might be more connected to this locust thing than, uh, than you might think. And so she goes and she investigates. She asks Alan to come with her through a wide array of violence and action uh owen and claire end up uh having to chase Maisie as she gets kidnapped and taken to biosyn so they all end up there where they have a dinosaur enclosure like a nature preserve um and if you've seen a jurassic park or jurassic world movie you can kind of tell where this is going right more more people are going to get eaten especially people get eaten especially characters it sounds like life found a way Exactly. Yes, life exactly. finds a way. And, spared no expense. And death finds a way. <laughs> spared no expense. Park. And the producer spared no expense. <laughs> so if you've seen Jurassic Park movies before, are we in the same neck of the woods, so to speak, in terms of the kind of content that we can expect? 
Generally, yeah. Obviously, I mean, if you've seen a Jurassic Park movie, people are going to get eaten. Uh, there's a lot of people getting eaten both on screen and off. There's a lot of dinosaurs fighting. There's a lot of guns and a lot of uh, uh, knives, uh, not directed at the dinosaurs, but directed at other people. Okay. As you have these more uh, mercenary-like people coming in and trying to uh, sell the dinosaurs on the black market. People are trying to stop them. You see stuff like that. Um in addition, though, there was a lot of swearing, I found. Okay. And there's always been a bit of swearing in Jurassic Park movies. Um, but Felt like more this time? It felt like a bit more than usual. Because uh, the dinosaurs every- are swearing this time. Yes, the dinosaurs are swearing. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the uh, particularly, uh, there's a lot of uses of the S word. There's a lot of misuses of God's name. Okay. Uh, so be prepared for that. All right. Well, Kennedy, thanks for bringing us up to speed on Jurassic World Dominion. If that's something that's on your entertainment radar, hopefully this gives you a little bit more to go by as you consider, you know, whether you want to expose your kids to a lot of swearing and dinosaurs eating people or not. Obviously, I've tipped my hand a particular direction with that description. So thanks, Kennedy. Of course. Thank you. Well, now it's time for part of our show we call the Pop Culture Connection. And each week, our producer, Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Adam. How are you doing this week? I'm grand. How are you? I'm grand, grand. as well. And I'm hoping you've brought some some awesome questions for us to consider that have something to do with pop culture, but are not so easy that, you know, we just rattle off an answer. And, and th- here's how this works. <laughs> Ashley's going to keep score... However she wants to, really. Thank you yeah, for that. Yeah, that's true. Um, because <laughs> that's true. this is her game. Everything's made up on, on the how we matter. answer that's the right. question. And uh, if Ashley wants one of us to win, that's the way it's going to be. So, it, it, indeed. Yes, Ashley, that is I turn true. it over to you. Okay, I feel like He-Man. I have the power. That's right. <laughs> All right. Oh, Kennedy, yes. it's been a while since we've had you, so I'm going to have you go oh, first. Joyous. Oh, yeah. joy. Oh, rapturous delight. All right. <laughs> Would you choose Instagram or Pinterest and why? Instagram, uh, I've never actually used Pinterest. Uh, Instagram, I've I've really enjoyed a lot of the changes they've made. Uh, You know, being able to crop, uh, being able to put up to 10 photos all at once. Uh, They've recently made it so that you can actually post from your desktop rather than just your phone, which I think is something they were severely lacking for a long time. Uh, Their Explore page is actually, you know, it's a function so that it's uh, stylized towards your uh, preferences, which I think is really nice, and it, uh, and I'm gonna stop. Honestly, oh, nice. I don't think we need to go any further because I just learned that Kennedy was an Instagram expert. That was an amazing wow. answer. Wow, that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I know that, that she was... put stuff up for us, but <laughs> wow, of course, of course, that was a that great was answer. Awesome. Oh, thank you. So I think it beats Jonathan, no matter what he says. Five points for <laughs> Kennedy. You hear that, Jonathan. <laughs> But he's going to try. We'll have to see. It just might. It just might. All right. Adam, why don't you go next? Okay. Sounds great. All right. So, Adam, your question is... Hit me. I mean, not literally, but (laughs) with the question. What movie can you rewatch over and over again and why? Uh, Well, the obvious answer is Star Wars. You know, since I've only got 30 seconds, I'll go with that. It has my favorite scene of all time with the twin sun setting. Uh, you have X-Wings and TIE Fighters. You have my favorite starship of all time, the Tantive Four, which is a Corellian blockade runner, which is in the opening scene. <laughs> and frankly, I wish you would ask a question on why is the Corellian blockade runner the best starship ever made? The original was supposed to be the Millennium Falcon. 
see, I mean, it's just a rabbit hole of <laughs> of unending depth. What, well, I get two, three? I got four. Oh, that's generous of you. That but, was generous. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I would love to say nerd, but I'm right in there with you. So it's all good. <laughs> I'll, I'll own it. Uh, if, if we want to go, it's actually a Corellian Corvette. That is the technical name. Nice, nice. So, oh, my goodness. All right. Jonathan. Stuff. I know my Star Wars. Yes. Impress us all, buddy. Yeah, I don't know about that, but I'll give it a shot. <laughs> all right. Your question is, which is better, ninjas or pirates, and why? Oh, absolutely, pirates, because first of all, they get to have a parrot on their shoulder. That's the best thing. Most of them have a patch. I mean, one eye is way better than two. A wooden leg. Think of what you could do with a wooden leg. You've got a bunch of guys that you can, you know, tell them what to do or throw them overboard. You get to tell someone to walk the plank. You get to sail the seven seas. You get to do whatever you want with big old boxes of treasure. And you, I mean, the world is yours. You can, you could sail wherever you want. You can say, today, let's go west. Let's go towards the sunset every night. Oh. Holy cow, Jonathan. If I didn't know better, I would swear Ashley was slipping you questions ahead of time. Because <laughs> that was amazing. That I mean, was. Kennedy still wins, but it was great. Yes. Actually, I'll let that. So I'll... I'm going to give you a big R. You got nine points. Oh, man. Ooh. Good job. Nice job, You are Jonathan. the winner. So you today. win for quantity. Oh, Kennedy wins for quality. And I'm bringing up the rear with some sort of bronze medal. With, with nerdiness, I think. With nerdiness. <laughs> I win on nerdiness. I'll own Definitely. that. I'll own that. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this week's installment of Pop Culture Connection. And more than that, we hope that you enjoyed and really were challenged and informed by our entire show. Um, I personally loved having a chance to talk to Andrew and learn a little bit more about the reality behind what it takes to be a social media influencer. So what about you? Is this something your kids are interested in? Um, we would love to hear what your stories and questions are with mm-hmm. regard to this subject. And you can let us know at team at the pluggedinshow.com or just get in touch with us via Facebook and Instagram. And this week, as a thank you for being a part of the Plugged In family, we would love to send you a copy of Jonathan McKee's book, Parenting Generation Screen. And you can find information about ordering the book at the blog post for this week's show, or just give us a call at 800-A-FAMILY. Well, thanks again for spending some time with us today. We appreciate you. We love having a chance to invite you into these conversations about how pop culture, technology, and our faith intersect. And we look forward to connecting with you again next week on another episode of The Plugged In Show. Do you ever wonder what it was like to meet Jesus face to face? The miracles, the teachings, the long-awaited Messiah in the flesh. It's all in a new novel by Focus on the Family called The Chosen, I Have Called You by Name, based on the hit streaming series. Immerse yourself in first century Galilee. Experience the Savior through the eyes of his followers. You'll want to dive deeper into scripture with every page turn. Learn more about The Chosen novel at focusonthefamily.com slash chosen. That's focusonthefamily.com slash chosen.